It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It is the Thursday edition, so you might as well just mark it down your calendar. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, Jake Ellenbogue with us from downtown Rams. Uh, he is being awesome and joining us in your car, so if you hear a blinker, it just means Jake's a safe driver, and we appreciate that. So uh, we got him on here today. We're going to have a great conversation <laughs> Uh, with him, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the recap of the Senior Bowl. We're also going to talk about uh, the Super Bowl, of course, and look, take a look at the NFC West and what they've done uh, over the years past and kind of being a consistent present over the last 10 years there, as well as what that does that mean for the Rams moving forward, looking at this division and how tough it's been, as well as kind of wrapping this episode up in the third segment, talking directly about the game. We'll do a little bit of some prop bets. We'll also kind of get into some predictions and just thoughts on how it's going to play out. So an amazing show. Jake is with us. Guys, don't forget to go give him a follow at DTR as well as at Downtown Rams. They're always looking for writers. So if you're trying to get your creative juices flowing, reach out to him on Twitter. You can find us at LA underscore Rambling Bear. That is my personal on Twitter as well as Lockdown Rams. All accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook group, Twitter, all that good stuff. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You guys know the deal. My typical spiel of getting all those details out. I know you guys are probably driving right now. So pull over and write it down. Get it on the books and start to give us some follows and reach out. So we always appreciate when you guys are interacting with us. Uh, but great show. So with that, let's just kick right into it. Senior Bowl in the books. Super Bowl just around the corner. There is so much great football to cover right now. I am Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Rams, and this is your lead story. Jake, welcome back. I know you got back earlier this week from the Senior Bowl. Sounded like an adventure to get home, but you made it. Now three years running that you've been down there. What is your biggest takeaway uh, from this year and this year's group of players? I had an absolute blast at the Senior Bowl. Um, gotta say, again, kind of larger than life experience. Got to talk to some head coaches. I uh, got to see the new head coach of the Panthers, uh, Matt Rule, at the same bar two nights in a row, one thirty in the morning, eating wings. Um, nice. <laughs> it was. It was uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's different. You know, being in upstate New York and everything. It's just. You know, to go down there and, and see all the people that you watch on TV and people that you cover articles about or link to other teams or, you know, all of that, it's just pretty incredible. Um, it, you know, it was a lot of fun, but there was a lot that I was able to learn. It wasn't just, you know, a joyride event. You know, I did actually work and everything. And, um, you know, with that being said, I do want to give a shout out to uh, my friends at Blitzalytics. Uh, they were so great to me when I was down there, um, helping me out with, you know, rides. Cause there's, 
you know, a lot of transportation stuff to go on. You know, they, they have us going every which way, go to the convention center, you go to the practice field, uh, you go to, you know, the practice complex, um, which is at the South Alabama uh, complex. So, you know, there's all different places. So I really appreciate them uh, for not only that, but just, you know, being awesome dudes and, um, you know, really excited to, you know, work with them down the line. But there's a lot that happened. Um, you know, I think kind of just, I think the last time I spoke to you, I was really getting to know some of the names before I, you know, went down there. I always like to do my due diligence and uh, rank all the players by position. And, you know, I think guys that stood out to me, um, well, first off, and I know you know this uh, because, you know, you know the, the Michigan Wolverines pretty well, but Joshua Uche, I, I just have to throw his name out there because this is somebody that I don't think I mentioned in the pre-Senior Bowl podcast there. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he's not really on my radar. I guess I might have just uh, missed out on some film when I was watching him, but I had a chance, and this is the great thing about the Senior Bowl. You go there for practice day one. You see a player that stands out. You just go back and you watch the tape. What did I miss? Why was this guy not on my radar? And, you know, sure enough, I ended up watching six games of Josh Uchey after, uh, you know, watching him practice day one and just came away so impressed. He's somebody right now he'd be my number one target for the Rams. Uh, you know, I pick, I believe it's 52. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's somebody that really stood out. When you mentioned uh, Josh Uchea, I mean, it was one of those players that we've been doing mock draft Mondays here on the show. And I don't think on our most recent one, I think the we went with kind of the standard draft network where they kind of, uh, they do the mock draft and fill it in. And I just want to see how that thing would run through. Uh, but when I went and did my own personal one, um, he's right there. And, and again, things are going to shift and change and people are going to fly up aboard and fly down aboard and there's going to be interest across, but that's a guy that could be there. As you mentioned at 52, uh, could fill in a need as looking at what are we doing with Dante Fowler? And you could see kind of a direct impact of drafting a guy and getting him in right away. So I really like that one, uh, that you mentioned right there as well. Yeah, of course. And I like that you brought that up. Um, because you know, think about that right now is he's, you know, in, in a mock draft simulator, I mean, he's going to be there for the Rams right now. And this is probably the highest his stock will be. And the reason I say that is because he's playing in a senior bowl game where the best seniors in the country are playing. He went to Michigan. People know him. But this is his opportunity to really, you know, he's the guy right now. You know, he's the man. Him and Bradley and I, uh, who I can confirm the Rams met with both of them. I actually spoke to Josh a uh, really nice guy, rooting for him big time. And Bradley and I did not speak to, uh, but I do know that he spoke with the Rams per, um, I believe I want to say, it was, well, his name was Christian, I think. So uh, someone that was at the Senior Bowl got there, I think a day before I did, uh, was able to get that information out. So props to him. Uh, but, you know, basically adding on to my point, the combine's going to come up, and more and more throughout this process, the underclassmen are going to get their run. Right now, it's all seniors. Right now, that's what the, you know. That's the taste in our mouth because that's the most recent thing to enter it. You know, the senior bowl kind of leaves a lasting impression. Um, and trust me, it helps out guys like Baker Mayfield to get drafted number one overall. But to assume that everybody that goes to the senior bowl is 100% going to hold on in that draft stock and not dip at all is just not realistic. You do have your Baker Mayfields. 
you do have your Carson Wentz's, but you also have a Josh Reynolds or even a Gerald Everett who maybe they played extremely well in the Senior Bowl game, but it's not like Everett went in the first round, and it's not like Josh Reynolds went, you know, in the top three rounds. So, in Cooper Cup, of all guys, he, he fell to the third round. So, it's just kind of, you know, a, a barometer. It shows you in the past that, hey, you know, Joshua Boucher, as great as he looked, I mean, I could kind of pick I, – I could make the argument against him for somebody that's considering drafting him so they don't draft him over the Rams. Right. Um, I would say this. I'd say he's a senior. He's older, so he's not going to be as young as some of the other pass rushers. He's somebody that had to work his way up the ladder. He has one full year starting, and he didn't start every game. Uh, he, For the most part, he's a rotational pass rusher up until then. And, you know, I, I think that would be enough to be like, okay, well, you know, let's look at, you know, a, a Jonathan Grenard from Florida who was in the same game. Or let's look at, you know, Curtis Weaver from Boise State, you know, guys that have more experience playing the edge uh, position as a starter and not necessarily a rotational pass rusher. So that would be, I'm not saying, hey, guys, I totally love Joshua O'Shea. Here's why we shouldn't draft him. I'm saying, guys, I love Joshua O'Shea, but hopefully he's got enough knocks on his game, and there's not a lot of them, but he's got enough knocks on his game where there's not a ton of experience where a team – you know, might end up making a mistake and he might be able to follow the Rams. Right, and the crazy thing about this process, and you said it best, is, you know, it is what is on our mind right now is the Senior Bowl because it's the most fresh action that everyone is getting and it's only seniors. It does start to get a little bit interesting as you start to see teams do their pro days, their college pro days, and starting to get scouts out, as well as the combine as you get everyone uh, together and you start to kind of see how those skills match up against each other. And then obviously the big process, kind of the behind the off the field type of stuff, right? Interviewing some of these players and learning a little bit more about them. So uh, it is interesting because we do get really excited about the Senior Bowl, but there is so much more of this process, especially these days is now, you know, the the um, NFL Combine is live on TV and there's coverage around the clock. So uh, there's still a long way to go and we may see some of these guys dip and you may see a, a younger guy that we haven't really had exposure to yet. Uh, come up and find a good fit as you're talking about with the Rams. So uh, great stuff there. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We've got more coming up with Jake Ellenbogen on the other side. This weekend with my bookie. Remember, if you're that type of guy that thinks you know all about the sports and can call every single game, well, you might as well be getting paid for it. And you can do that with my bookie and put cash in your wallet today between the end of football season with the Super Bowl, all the prop bets that they're going to have NBA in full swing and obviously college basketball off and cracking. It is time to get off the sidelines and get into the action with my bookie. If you're the guy that likes to bet a little but win a lot, aren't we all right? You could try out a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet on multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you put $2,000 down, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Doesn't get better than free money, people. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. Take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as we move forward, obviously we know the biggest game is on the calendar for Sunday, Super Bowl 54, just a few days away. Uh, a lot different for us, Jake, this year than it was last year. Uh, we're not as personally involved in this Super Bowl this year. Uh, does it still bring the same level of excitement for you, or are you kind of ready for this thing to be over? Oh, my God. I am so ready for this thing to be over. Um, I honestly don't care. Uh, I, I do because I don't want the 49ers to win a Super Bowl, and I'd rather <laughs> see Andy Reid get one because – I'll be honest with you. Actually, I do really care. I, I love Patrick Mahomes. He was my number one quarterback in the draft and was a reason why people called me insane. Uh, you know, to have him ahead of guys like Deshaun Kaiser and, and Mitch Trubisky. I mean, God, I was totally out of my mind. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's not just it's not just Mahomes. You know, it's I, I respect Travis Kelsey. I like Tyron Matthew and this, this whole resurgence where, I mean, he had like a defensive player of the year type of season but Andy Reid it all comes back to Andy Reid and and this guy I love Andy Reid I was a fan of his you know when he was with the Eagles and this guy's always been scrutinized he's always been unfairly treated and I feel like you know the Super Bowl against the uh the Patriots everyone forgets Terrell Owens was playing with a broken leg and they still barely lost that game right so and he was still great I mean he was he was great in that game and it's like, I also want to say, I feel like the head coaches get way too much blame thrown on them for, you know, losing in the playoffs. I think you need context. Like, the, my biggest issue with Bill O'Brien was the fact that they had a giant lead against the Chiefs, and they blew it. Yeah. And the fact that they had a lead against the Bills, where they came all the way back, and then they had pretty much they had a 99.9% chance of winning according to the ESPN game cast uh, percentage. And that turned into, at one point, Buffalo cut that down to 62%. That is on the coach. When you're, you're just making mistakes as a game manager, that is on the coach. Andy Reid doesn't do that. I mean, you can't fault Andy Reid if Patrick Mahomes isn't having his best day. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Patrick Mahomes really doesn't have too many bad days, so Andy Reid's got a nice little partner there in it. And it would be interesting to see uh, Reid get it. You know, he's been one of those in the coaching world, as you look at 
you know, even as Kirk Cousins went through this playoff run, you know, kind of had this monkey on his back about not being able to win a big primetime game or a game that meant something. And Andy Reid got that. I mean, they went four years in a row with the Eagles to the uh, to the NFC Championship and then obviously finally made it to the Super Bowl, didn't get the win. So it would be nice for him to see get the win. And obviously we know uh, here in the NFC West, not the, the biggest fans of uh, the 49ers. You know, I don't mind them getting there. I like to see some representation. I live on that side you know, of the train tracks of, of wanting to see the NFC do well. But at the end of the day, maybe not win it. Like, I don't know if I want to see him do that well, uh, just because, you know, obviously we know how the Rams ended last year. And that's the last thing we need is, you know, for them to hold that over our head. Because you always know with San Francisco 49ers, they don't talk about their past Super Bowl wins at all. That's not something they do as a franchise. Well, wait, yeah, they do. Um, but I want to move this along because we're talking about the NFC uh, West. I love here. That you yeah. Take my sarcasm land. Yeah, I got to get that in there. Uh, <laughs> this is all Rams fans listening. Maybe like one one uh, San Fran guy will tweet me later and be like, I heard that. Uh, too bad. But um, you know, as we talk about the <laughs> NFC West and, and their representation, back-to-back years in the Super Bowl, obviously the Rams last year and now the 49ers, five of the last 10 years as well, uh, there's been a representation from the NFC West. You got to say, as you're looking at it, that maybe not as, you know, a dominant form uh, out here in the NFC West, something like, you know, the Patriots and their run, I would, I would list that more as dominant. This is definitely uh, consistent, though, and this is bringing... Uh, you know, a consistent pace of a team from the NFC West. So as you look at it, though, um, as they continue to pump out championship teams, does this frighten you as all coming from our division? I mean, looking at the Rams, does this, you know, do you look at the window as a smaller window for the Rams to go and get something, knowing that they have to kind of fight through their own division? Or do you see that maybe as a benefit that that can strengthen them along the way? How do you look at that as a, as a division? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the division is going to get tough, but at the same time, you can't, you're not going to have a Patriots type of thing. I know people have pointed the idea, well, what if the 49ers are actually the dynasty and the Rams are fool's gold? And I can understand with that thought, but, you know, at the same time, the 49ers don't have a Tom Brady at quarterback. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody that I loved coming out of, uh, you know, college, and I believe it was Eastern Illinois. I forget exactly what college he was. But uh, he came from a small school, and he was on my radar, loved him in college, was really excited for him. And then, of course, he gets drafted by the Patriots, which ultimately allowed me to not be able to root for him. Um, And then he gets traded to the 49ers. And really, all bias aside, I'm not impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo. I will say it. I will scream from the rooftops. I think if this game goes back and forth, it's simply going to cease. It, it's it, the, the the Chiefs will take over this game if they get into you know a passing duel. If they right. if they want to try and well, we told you guys that Jimmy could carry it. That's not happening. Jimmy Garoppolo is nowhere near the caliber of quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Jared Goff. You know, I don't think. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Russell Wilson. So that would put him, you know, neck and neck, in my opinion, uh, with Kyler Murray. And, you know, at the same time, I'd say he, I'd take him over Kyler Murray right now, but Murray has a higher ceiling. So Garoppolo is highly benefiting off of a running game that has just been so unstoppable as of late. They flashed it earlier in the year against uh, Cincinnati. I think they ran, they were averaging over 200 yards per game at one point in the year. And then they kind of tailed off a little bit. But yeah. it's I will, really been impressive, but at the same time, 
you know, at the same time, we got to give Shanahan some credit. Yeah. It's it's the place he's calling. Don't get me wrong. They got healthy again with, with McGlinchey and, uh, you know, they got uh, Staley back. But it, it is Shanahan and his scheming. And I think if Garoppolo at any point has to put the team on his back, they lose. And they lose badly. Well, um, it's interesting because I have some of the similar thoughts on, on Jimmy G. Uh, we actually played a clip yesterday on our show uh, from J.T. O'Sullivan, former quarterback of the 49ers. He does some film, uh, quarterback film study on YouTube these days. He was a guest on Locked On 49ers with Brian Peacock, and he was talking about Jimmy G's base. And he said it's one of the best bases that he's kind of watched throughout the NFL. Uh, that That is the strength of what he does very fundamentally well. He's not going to wow you with the arm strength. He's not going to wow you with... You know, the type of things that Patrick Mahomes does, they're completely different quarterbacks. But the one thing I did like about Jimmy throughout the year, a couple things. One at the beginning of the year, I said, make it through a whole year, bud. And that's that was the first step. And he did that. Uh, he was able to kind of get through, remain, uh, you know, majority healthy throughout the whole season. And then the other thing was, you know, step up when you needed to be you know, called upon. And there were times you talked about the running game kind of tailed off and he kind of stepped up and did deliver some throws. I mean, even looking at the Rams game, uh, not just that deep bomb that set up the the touchdown, which was, you know, ended up being a mistake on the Rams side, but he took advantage of that. And he did make some really big third down plays along the way in that game. So even though they have that ground game, he did kind of show me this year that he could continue to make the big throw when was needed. He wasn't going to go every game and wow you with, you know, over 350 yards. And, and I know he did have a handful of those games this season as well. But um, I did, I was definitely, he went over where I thought he would be this year as far as the way in his production. Uh, and it makes it interesting because he does then, if he can consistently do this with the ground game and with a good coaching staff, and then we know what that defense has been, that that team is going to be dangerous in the NFC West. You got Russell Wilson, and I don't really care who else you have on his team. Russell Wilson is going to find a way to be competitive at the end of a ball game. And then obviously you know what you like with the Rams. And then there is those young guys below us. And I say young guys because Kyler Murray being that young guy, but then there's Larry Fitz. But they have a very good chance to compete in this division. It's going to be a fun one to watch for a long time. And if you're an NFL fan in general uh, and you're in the NFC, you better be a little bit more nervous maybe than we are in this own division as we get an opportunity to go up them. Uh, go up against these guys a couple times a year and know them really well. But uh, I expect that this division is going to continue to represent uh, deep into the playoffs because we've got many of teams. I mean, we were this close to having three NFC West teams in the playoffs, and it would have been interesting because we saw what the Titans did as they snuck in. Uh, it would have been fun to see what the Rams could have done if they snuck in. But we're going to talk a little bit more about this game, about this team, and what we think is going to happen in the big game, and a little bit more on uh, how the Rams are going to have their little touch on Sunday in this game as well. So more coming up. Jake Ellen Bogan, we're talking Super Bowl. We'll be right back right after this. And if you don't know by now, our friends down at Metro Infinity are the best place to go get a new or used car if you're in the market. 821 East Central Monrovia, just off the 210 in Monrovia. Brand new, multi-million dollar facility. Super dope. You gotta go check it out. They're the only car dealer in California that's family owned and has been in business for over 25 years. Let me know if you are looking for a car. Shoot me an email at brad at lockdownpodcast.com. 
podcast with an S.com. Let me know if you want to go down there. I will hit up my man, Billy, personally and set up an appointment for you. I will make sure you guys get the VIP treatment. That is what they're all about here. They want to be a little bit different than all of the other dealerships. And that starts with the way that they treat you once they come in. So let me know if you're going down there. I'll help set up the appointment. And then remember, if you get in there and you remind them that you're with Lockdown, they're going to give you another $500 off of any car. Awesome deal. You got to give them a chance to earn your business. They have all the new cars in stock 2020. They also have over 50 certified pre-owned Infinities. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or go check them out online, metroinfinity.com. Let me know, brad at lockdownpodcast.com if you're going, and I'll help set you up with a sweet appointment and start you off on the right track. Metro Infinity, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, and as I mentioned, kind of leaving that segment, the Rams are going to have a little bit of something here on Sunday. So if you want to, if you live on the West Coast, it's probably a little bit better. But uh, ESPN announced that Sean McVay is going to be a guest analyst on their pregame show. Uh, from everything I saw, I think the article from the Rams.com said that he's going to be on the show from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's like 4 a.m. Uh, out where you're at, Jake. Uh, real quick, are you interested on? Uh, Sean McVay doing some pregame. Are you going to watch it? And, and what are your thoughts on just kind of coach being out there talking uh, some football? Yeah, it's cool. And, and obviously I love Sean McVay, but I, I don't know. I just I, That stuff really does not pique my interest. Um, mm. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of surprising, right? I, I actually don't watch a ton of those pregame stuff. Um, I'm more, I watch the game and I guess as I've, you know, just kind of, you know, gotten more into DTR and, and less, you know, from just like a fan's perspective and more analytical and, you know, all of that, I just feel like, you know, I can get just as good or better, uh, analysis from, you know, people with, um, you know, podcasts and, um, you know, whatnot. I, I just, that, that's just kind of me. I mean, yeah. maybe it sounds like I'm being a jerk. Uh, and no. I have no disrespect towards Sean McVay or anybody that does those those jobs. But I'm not one like the Rams win a Monday Night Football game. I'm not sitting there watching what people are saying after the game. I know what I saw. I'm going to go back and probably watch the film the next day and see if I can, you know, point out anything cool and, you know, share it with people. 
Um, but you know, as I've just gotten more through this and everything, like I'm just not really interested. It's, same thing goes to the senior bowl. You know, I, I really appreciate the job that those guys do at NFL network, ESPN, and all of that. But I'm more curious to hear, you know, my peers, um, you know, their podcasts and you right. know, giving them some love and, and, you know, going back through my notes and seeing what I saw, because I just don't want anything to, you know, dictate my thoughts. I don't want anything to change my opinion. Um, you know, it's not that I'm being closed minded, but I'm actually extremely interested in supporting, you know, my peers like, you know, you, totally. I always like, you know, listening to your show and anytime I get an opportunity, I like listening to podcasts over listening to, you know, an ESPN post game. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, so I'm, I, and especially on Super Bowl day, I mean, Super Bowl day is one of those things where it's like, what can I do in the morning and afternoon to stay busy? Because it's like that 24 seven coverage that does just kind of get a little bit of knowing, uh, and you're just like, just play the damn game already. Like, you don't want to hear it anymore because how many times can you talk about <laughs> the same type of thing for the whole day? But I will definitely, uh, maybe 7 a.m. on a Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday, I might be sleeping in on a Sunday trying to just kill a little bit of that time with uh, relaxing. But I'll definitely be setting my DVR and, and trying to see if I can record this because I am interested in what Sean McVay brings to it because of his, and you talk about the analytical brain. I mean, he is not your typical you know, Steve Young on ESPN or Boomer or any of these other guys that are still kind of doing this. Uh, He does bring that, you know, now into the game. You know, he just played this team twice this season. He played KC last year. Uh, and he is just fun to listen to. So I'm, I'm curious to see how deep into the game he gets or if he keeps it kind of high-level fluff with some of this information or if he's really, you know, breaking down X's and O's. And if he is, anytime he does that, I am kind of glued to what he says because his football mind is just kind of fun to see how effortless it is when he talks about it. But um, And, you know, it's on at 4 a.m. for you, so I don't blame you either way that way. But, um, you know, as we kind of move along <laughs> and, and we look at this game, I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, a team with a dominant defense, and you mentioned that ground game for the 49ers, and then you look at KC, and their defense is improved. It's not anything uh, that, you you know, you would look at as, you know, dominant as you do with the Niners. But that offense, you could definitely talk about that. The way they can put up points is scary. Uh, so when you look at this, and we'll get into some game predictions, but how, how do you think this thing shakes out? Who has the advantage coming into this game? And I guess if you want to just kind of go into, you know, your prediction for how this thing lays out. Yeah, I, I have uh, the, the Chiefs winning this game. Um, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards the idea of a 28-21 ball game. Uh, I, I still think, you know, all Super Bowls, are they come down to, like, the wire, you know, except for a few. So this will probably be closer than people anticipate or, you know. I think, though, you know, and again, it comes down to one game and, you know, credit the 49ers. But, again, I, I can't get over the fact, you know, basically, you know, the 49ers, they had one bye week four. And they got that bye the first week of the playoffs. I think that was huge. But I'm still, you know, I'm still wondering – you know, how fully prepared is, <clears throat> excuse me, how fully prepared is this team going to be? You know, is this team, like, just not going to, you know, I feel like they're a little worn down. Like, I mean, they needed that game against the Packers because you didn't get to see if they were worn down or not because Raheem Mostert was taking over the game to the point where it didn't matter. It never felt like it was really a game. Right. But, in this one, they're going up against this Kansas City Chiefs team that has gone through the ringer 
you know, lost Patrick Mahomes earlier in the year in a in an injury that looked like it could have been season ending, but you know, Mahomes is Superman, so he came back in like four weeks and he he I don't know if he's fully healthy, but he's gotten to that point where it's like, okay, the Chiefs are one of the best teams in football now. You know, I, I felt like when they first got in the playoffs, they were a team with a big name kind of, you know, resting on last year's, you know, success and people thinking about that, you know, potential. Uh, but I never really viewed them as a serious threat for the Super Bowl. And then I saw them play. Uh, they played the Texans. And just to come back the way they did, and then, of course, you know, come back in the game against the Titans and then control the game. You know, this is a team that's probably going to end up winning the Lombardi Trophy. This yeah. is the, the team that – it's not always the best team that wins it because, as you saw – the Rams, I think, were the best team last year. They actually did not get hot at the end of the year. I felt as though they had, they played a really nice, uh, you know, they had a nice game plan to stop Ezekiel Elliott against Dallas, and, you know, they held on, but that game ended up being closer than it should have. And then, really, they ended up starting off sluggish against the Saints and then really dominated the rest of the game and let the Saints back in it to potentially win it, and then they won in overtime. And then the Patriots game, you know, really was neck and neck. Defense is dominated. Uh, the Rams, you know, they get early past the 50-yard line, first down. Things are looking good. You know, it's at this point it's 3-3, and uh, there's a penalty that's called. Mm. And, you know, that really set them back and, you know, put them in the, you know, they took them out of the driver's seat essentially. So I think really my point is that, you know, the Rams were the best team last year, and they did not win. Yeah, The 49ers probably, arguably, were the best team this year. But it's all about who is hot at that time. But with the Chiefs, they're hot. They're hot as can be. And they it's crazy. The bye, they started off slow. And, and it's like, to me right now, it, they may not be the best team all year. When you think about the 2019-20 to 20 NFL season, you won't think, unless they win the Super Bowl, that, wow, the Chiefs were really the best team all year. But right now, they're the best team that's left. They're yeah. the hottest team, the most dynamic, and they have the equalizer in Patrick Mahomes, and that's why I think they end up winning the Lombardi Trophy. And it's crazy because you look back to last year, I mean, they were a, a dude lining up offsides away from you know back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. So they had this... You know, it's not like they kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, all of a sudden got good. And and then it was an interesting year because of the injury to Mahomes. And, you know, they were losing a few games that you didn't see them lose the year before. But they always had that ability to put up points. And obviously we saw that in the playoff run with the comebacks and the way that they could score really, really quick. And it makes it for a really fun Super Bowl offense versus defense. And looking at it, and you're right, it may not be always the best team uh, that are represented, but they're the last two teams that have survived the gauntlet of the NFL season and the NFL playoffs. Uh, So it's going to be a good game. I want to hit you with just a few quick-hitting ones uh, as we get out of the podcast here, as we kind of close this out. And these are kind of some of the prop bets, but kind of a little vague here. But uh, let's start from the beginning, because this is always one of my favorite ones to bet, because it's it's a 50-50, right? Uh, are you a heads or tails guy? I'm always, when in doubt, tails. All right, that's me too. I mean, uh, you got, if you got a saying with it, you know, tails never fails. I just stick with that. So I'm tails as well. Um, team leading at the half will also win the game. Yes or no? 
No, because I think the Chiefs will get uh, they'll, they'll start off slow like they've done in the playoffs in every game so far, and uh, they'll end up on top. I like it. That's a very good way of breaking that down. They've done it basically every single game so far, uh, even though they snuck into the lead uh, versus the Titans, I believe, right before that half. But I get what you're saying, and uh, I like it. Um, they did. They actually did. <laughs> yeah. And then um, let's see what I got here. Okay. Is Jake Ellenbogen a halftime performance type of guy? You sticking around for, uh, what is it, J-Lo and Shakira? Or what do you do during halftime? What's the word for absolutely not in every language? (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly hate the halftime show. I am a metalhead, a rock and roller, whatever you want to call it. And my football, you know, music, music and football just don't go together because they always have, you know, the pop artists and all that. And I just, I can't stand that, honestly. Uh, They had, what was it? They had uh, The Who years ago. And I didn't even, like, really appreciate The Who until, like, recently. So I didn't even like that. So I'm like, wow, you couldn't even get the rock band right. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough thing to do, and um, we'll see how it kind of transforms over the next few years with, I think, Jay-Z's involved now, and I can imagine... Uh, he does have appreciate for appreciation for all types of music, so we'll see how they open it up. But they need to they they always kind of make it like you said, pop or looking to kind of grab the big genre. And I think they also play to uh, the female audience, trying to get uh, that audience involved and give them yeah. uh, something as well. So it makes sense. And you know, for me, I'm just really curious what J Lo's outfit's going to be. I think uh, that would be my interest in, in the halftime show. Uh, two pretty good looking <laughs> ladies. Uh, you know, representing and, uh, you know, they put up some good songs. So we'll see. I'll probably end up watching it, but uh, I'm always, you know, second for maybe the puppy bull who doesn't love some adorable puppies running around. Uh, but we'll see how that shakes out. And I what, mean, yeah, right? I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I, I will start watching again when either the Foo Fighters, Green Day, Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, uh, you know, one of those type of style of music bands, you know, are out there. You hey. know, maybe even... Why don't why don't we do this? Why don't we just get Run DMC and Aerosmith? Like, how awesome would that be? Throw it back. Uh, I saw Rage Against the Machine is back out on tour this year, so that would be a fun uh, way to cap off their little. I would take them. <laughs> yeah, me too. They're they're pretty awesome. Uh, I got to see them live in Chicago. I don't think many people would, but I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I would too. They're incredible. <laughs> it might ruin the field though. It'd be like a flashback to the Rams in Mexico. They'd have to figure out what to do with that field after everyone went crazy on it. But uh, we'll close with this. We'll close with a with a football question. <laughs> we know you have the Chiefs in this game. Uh, with that said, who wins the MVP? Oh well, it's it's going to be Mahomes. Um, I, I don't care what happens. Tom Brady won an MVP in the Super Bowl, beating the Rams 20-17 to when the MVP was Vinatieri, or actually the MVP might have been the Rams' defensive coordinator that decided to play, uh, you know, the prevent defense when they were only up by – actually, it was tied, and all they needed was a field goal. But I digress. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Tom Brady had 152 yards and a touchdown and won the Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes is going to have a hell of a lot more than that. I think Mahomes goes over 300 yards passing – maybe even close to 80 yards rushing. This is his time to shine. Yeah. He is the, the face of the NFL um, until, you know, someone comes in and kind of tells him otherwise. And, you know, Mahomes being the face of the NFL is going to do something magical. He's a magical player. He had a, a game in college where he had, I believe, eight or nine touchdowns. And no one talked about it because he was the loser against uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So, fun fact. That was a crazy game, by the way. But uh, you're right. It is his time, and he's got the 
plenty of the ability to get it done. He's got a great team around him, and that defense we talked about earlier for the Chiefs, maybe not nothing to really brag home about big time, but they also have stepped it up big time for him. So uh, hopefully this team can get it done. Jake, man, we appreciate you joining us here, as always, on the Thursday edition. Uh, drive safe the rest of the way. We look forward to talking to you again, and uh, until next time, my friend. I appreciate that, Bear. Go Chiefs. With that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.